Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Good morning. How's everybody doing? So, today is the 29th of January, and I read through Proverbs 29. Let me share with you guys the, the proverb of the day. So Proverbs 29 verse um, 18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. And uh, I like this scripture because it also goes with my message today. So I want to encourage you guys to keep reading the Proverbs. If we reach the end of a month, just start again. There was a time where I used to think I know it all. Then I started reading Proverbs. It's a good remedy to get off that high horse. <laughs> so what I want to share with you guys today is really important if you want to live out the life that God has for you. Now, Lenny last week spoke about the importance of having a conviction and to start living for Jesus and to stand for something. And I hope that it stirred your heart to start moving into the, the direction that God has for your life. So this morning, I want to continue where Lainey left off. And if you've got your Bibles, you can go with me to Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I've probably said this before, but every single one of us has a race to run. Okay? You have a race to run. I have a race to run. You cannot run my race and I cannot run your race. You can try your best to run my race. You can try to be like me, but you will end up with an unfulfilled life because you were designed for your race and I was designed to run my race. You cannot run my race and I cannot run your race. And it, that's why it's so important to, to not compare yourself with other people. Even though you might be an outcast, it doesn't matter. Okay? You've got a specific race. You were designed to finish your race. God deals with you separately from another person because you've got specific tasks to deal with. Now, who of you know the story of Paul? Okay, for those of you guys that don't know the story of Paul, I'm going to run briefly uh, through his story. If you know the story, just bear with me. This is important for the points that I want to make. So Paul used to be Saul. Saul used to persecute the church of God. Saul one day decided he wanted to persecute the church in Damascus. So he was on his way to Damascus, and on his way, God appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said, Lord, who are you? And Jesus gave him instructions on where to go. So Ananias came, prayed for Paul. Uh, Paul's uh, vision uh, got restored. And that's where Paul's journey started. Now I want to ask you, do you think that everybody can hear the voice of God? Yeah. In John 10 it says that my sheep will hear my voice. It's God's desire for every single one of us to hear the voice of God. Not just for some people. Every single one of us. We need to hear the voice of God because uh, it gives us comfort, gives us peace, direction, gives us vision. And it's needed. 
So after Paul was converted, he started growing in God. When you read the book of Acts, you, you read all about the apostles that used to be with Jesus. And as you go on in Acts, you start reading about Paul more and more, up until the point where you only read about Paul. And Paul, in the process, started a lot of churches, and a lot of people came to Christ because of the ministry of Paul. And Paul did all these amazing things because of a conviction that he had. He was driven by God's love, and he obeyed God's voice. Now, God gave Paul a vision, and there was a shift in his ministry. Paul used to reach out to all the Jewish people, and there was a stage where Jesus told Paul, okay, they won't hear your testimony anymore. Go to Jerusalem. So Paul went to Jerusalem, and from Jerusalem, Paul went to Rome, where he finished his race. And in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, Paul wrote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now, there are three points that I want to make, that I want to take from this story that is vital to walk out the life that God has for us, for every single one of us. The first point that I want to make is hearing the voice of God. Now, as a Christian, hearing the voice of God should be a normal, everyday thing. Anyone would be able to tell you that if you are in a relationship with somebody and there's no two-way communication, it's not a relationship. Could be a hostage situation, but it's not a relationship. You get these stupid people, I don't know, all over the world that get married to goats and sheep and stuff like that, okay? Just because they are bad and <laughs> to you doesn't mean that it's a relationship. Doesn't, it's not to a communication. <laughs> and if you are a Christian and you claim to have a relationship with God and there's no two-way communication, I want to suggest that you are not in a relationship, you are in religion. And I think people overcomplicate hearing the voice of God. Okay, they expect his voice to come from heaven. Duan, Duan, hear thou the word. <laughs> so you can open with me to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 to 16. So 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 to 16 says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depth of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of his world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And then when you read on, it ends with, we have the mind of Christ. Now, I don't know if you realize how powerful the scripture is. We have the mind of Christ. Who can understand a, a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? Who can understand the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? Now, do we have the Holy Spirit inside of us? Every single one of us has the Holy Spirit inside of us. So, when you give your life to Jesus, you become one with God. There's no separation. I don't think why people think there's any separation. When God thinks something, we think, we think it. I want you to realize this today. That sometimes we, we think something and we just think by ourselves, man, it's probably just me thinking it. It's, it can't be God. 
But we are one with God. What he thinks, we think. What we think is what he thinks. When we are focused on him, on his kingdom, we are one. So, who of you guys have ever felt like you need to pray for somebody in a shopping mall or had to give, felt like you had to give a word for somebody or just pray for somebody? Can I just see a show of hands? It's amazing. Now, I want to I give you a challenge this morning. When that thought comes into your mind again, I want you to act on it because that's God speaking to you. You have heard the voice of God. It's not that complicated. You are one with God. And if I had to come to church for the very first time and meet Terry for the first time, just spend a couple of seconds, you know, hi, my name is Duan, my name is Terry, and I go my way, I go through the week, I go to Greenstone, busy doing shopping. Terry and Laney could stand right behind me and I wouldn't recognize his voice because I barely know him. But if I had to come to church more often and spend time with Terry, build a relationship with Terry, I can be in a crowd of a thousand people and I can just hear a little bit of his voice and I would recognize it because I have a relationship with him. I know him. I spend time with him. And if we want to hear the voice of God clearer, we need to be spending time with God, reading the word, pray. We can't expect to hear the voice of God if we barely spend time with him. You know, sometimes I heard somebody give me this uh, explanation of, you know, sometimes we drive in our cars. Now, if you had to drive with your wife in a car, say it's from Joburg to Pretoria, and you don't say a word to your wife, how do you think she would feel? Right? So if God is with us, he will never leave us nor forsake us, and we go through our whole day without speaking to God, how do you think that made God feel? We need to be spending time with God. He's wherever we are. We don't have to be super religious and, you know, find, go into a secluded place to pray. We can pray wherever we are right through the day. That's my first point. Second point, conviction. Now you can open your Bibles to Acts 20 verse 22 to 26. It says, Now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of, of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I gone about proclaiming the kingdom of um, the kingdom will see my face again. Now there's a famous saying that says, everything we choose in life has a trade-off for something else. Choose wisely. I stole your hands, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, Paul had this conviction to go to Jerusalem, but not just the conviction, but he knew what was going to take place in Jerusalem. He knew that if he goes, he's going to be captured. So if Paul wanted, he could have just avoided Jerusalem. But did he do that, he would have missed out on the plans and the purposes that God had for him. No matter how difficult it is. And we need to understand 
that the race that God has set out for you might have, un- might have some uncomfortable roads. It will probably have uncomfortable roads. No, it will have uncomfortable roads. This walk with Christ is not an easy walk. There's a lot of challenges. I don't know if you guys realize that. But God will always give you a choice. He will never force you to do something. And I promise you that if you choose to walk this road with Jesus, you will have the most fulfilled life on this earth. doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is. Even if you die for the sake of a gospel, you will have a fulfilled life and you'll finish the race that God has set out for you. There's another saying that says, I would rather live one day as a lion than a thousand days as a sheep. I like that. And when you read a little bit further, after Paul taught them about this conviction to go to Jerusalem, another prophet came to Paul and, and took his belt. He bound himself and he said, Thus saith the Lord. If you add a little bit of American accent, it just sounds so good. Okay, but he didn't really say that. <laughs> he took Paul's belt, he bound himself, and he said, this is, this is what the Holy Spirit says, that this is what will happen to the person who owns this belt. And everybody at that point um, tried to get Paul not to go to Jerusalem because this is what's awaiting him. And even after that, he went to Jerusalem where he got imprisoned. And if you look at the story of Paul, Jerusalem was a vital part for Paul. If Paul didn't go to Jerusalem, he would have never stood before Caesar to share the gospel with him. Think about that. The most powerful person at that time. You can't just walk up to him and, hey, you want to hear about Jesus? But he had something. Because he was obedient, God opened the right doors for him to stand before the most powerful person at that time. Now, sometimes God reveals to us just a little piece. And if we obey that, he he reveals to us another piece. But as a son trusts his father, so we also need to be trusting God. When God tells us to do something, it might sound crazy, but we don't know the plans and the purposes of God. I heard the story once where um, God taught this one person to make, what's a volume? God taught this one person to make cartwheels in front of church. <laughs> now, how ridiculous does that sound? And this person fought against it. It's like, God, no, it's just stupid. And eventually he went and made a cartwheel in front of church. Now, later they found out there was a lady in the church that said, God, if you are real, let somebody make a cartwheel in the front of church. You never know what the plans and the purposes of God is. Just be obedient. And like Lainey said, conviction has a cost attached to it. There will always be a trade-off when God tells you to do something. Now, who of you guys have ever heard of a Moravians? Okay. Now, the Moravians was a movement during the time of John Wesley. Now, the Moravians influenced John Wesley. I'm not too sure if, um, if they were the first group of people that actually believed that you can have a relationship with Jesus. And uh, these guys were so passionate about Jesus. They loved God with all their heart, and all they desired to see was people coming to Christ. And so they found out about an island that was full of slaves. And the, uh, they found out that the gospel hadn't been preached there. 
and that nobody goes there to preach the gospel. And so these guys had a conviction in their heart to go and proclaim the kingdom of God to these slaves. But there was a, there was a trade-off. The only way they could get onto the island was if they were slaves. So these guys had such a big conviction in God that they sold themselves into slavery. They said bye to their parents. That was the last time anybody has ever seen them. And they went to proclaim the kingdom of God to these slaves that has never heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the importance of conviction. And we don't know how the story ends, but I can promise you that they had a fulfilled life. And what trade-offs are you willing to make for the sake of Christ? Are you, you just want to hang in your comfort zone and settle for an unfulfilled life? Or will you step out into the unknown and experience a fulfilled life in Christ? What trade-off are you willing to make? And then my third point, knowing where you are going. I made it rhyme so that you can remember it. Why is it important to know where you're going? Okay, I know about you, but if I just walk around in the mall, not knowing what I'm doing there, just checking things out, I will be attracted to every sales banner in a shopping mall. Okay, I am a sucker for sales. I'm like a mosquito after, <laughs> after a light. But if I go to the mall knowing that I need to get some pants there, a shirt there, some socks there, I would, it doesn't matter how big the banner is. It wouldn't distract me because I know exactly where I'm heading. So after Paul went to Jerusalem and the pulpit hit the fan and Paul was locked up, the Jews wanted to kill Paul. And when Paul was captured, we read in uh, Acts 23 verse 11, the Lord appeared to Paul in prison. And he said, take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. So God gave Paul a clear vision. That is where I want you. That's where you're going, Rome. You are in Jerusalem, you're going to Rome. So the first thing God told Paul, go to Jerusalem. Okay? Paul was obedient. Paul went to Jerusalem where he was captured. Now God gave him his next instruction, go to Rome. So from the point that Jesus appeared to Paul and told him, go to, um, go to Rome, till the point that Paul actually landed in Rome, there was a lot of things that took place during that time. First of all, his trip to Rome didn't really go as planned. Okay? He was shipwrecked. Now, for a lot of people at this point, they start doubting the word of God. Just like when God sometimes tells us, that's the person you need to marry. Uh, leave your job and start your own business or leave your work or do this or do that. And then when things start getting tough, what do we say? Ah, I must have heard wrong, eh? Must have heard wrong. Now, I want to tell you that if Paul had that attitude, he would have never been able to finish his race. God has called us to persevere called us to know where we are going so that when these things happen, we have hope. We don't look into our circumstances. We look to what God has said. 
And on the way, while they were busy, while the ship was busy sinking, an angel appeared to, uh, appeared to Paul and told him and reminded him that you need to stand before Caesar to preach the gospel. And it also says, God, uh, the angel said, God has granted you the people with you. So the people that stayed with him were safe. Now, how cool would that be to tell somebody that um, even though the ship is going down, as long as you stay with me, you'll be safe. I mean, it sounds ludicrous. It's like, no, no, just thank God that I'm with you. <laughs> and then in Acts uh, 28, verse 3 to 6, we read where after they got shipwrecked, they landed on this island called Malta. Now, on this island, they were busy making a fire, and Paul was uh, picking up some wood for the fire. And while he was picking up wood, a snake bit him on his hand. And the na- it says that the natives looked at him, and they thought, you know, even though he made it to the island, um, surely he must have done something wrong because he's about to die. Now, I wouldn't say that if I knew that it was a poisonous snake. So, it said that Paul just shook off the snake, and he just sat next to the fire, and the natives were waiting for him to swell up and fall over, but nothing happened. And then it says that they say to themselves that he must be a god. How's that? Because Paul knew where he was going, even though it was a, the most poisonous snake, he could just shake it off because he knew that my race finished there. I'm here. I don't care about this. I can just shake it off. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Now, Christians on a mission don't allow circumstances to determine the outcome of their life. God's word determines the outcome of your life. It doesn't matter what happens in between. You don't look to that. You look to the end result. You look to the word that God has spoken over your life. See, Paul got shipwrecked, got bitten by a snake, all of that stuff, and he could just shake it off and move on because he knew where he was going. And so many of us, we never get to finish our race because we get distracted with all kinds of stuff, with sin, with all the pleasures of this world. We don't keep our eyes focused on the prize, on the mission, on that which God has said, your purpose, your destiny. We allow these things to, to cloud our minds. It's not worth it. I think that must be the most scariest thing not to walk in the purpose of God and not to have a fulfilled life in Christ here on earth. That's the saddest thing when God has so much, when you have so much potential in you, in the kingdom of God. So I want to end off with a story, then I'm going to hand over to Johan. Now, back in high school, when I was 16 years old, I think I was in about grade 10, and my brother was in grade 8. He was 14 years old at that time. And we started using drugs together. Fortunately, I got off lightly. Unfortunately for him, he had a really big drug problem where he was in and out of rehab all the time, in school, after school. And there were days where he would just disappear. Nobody would know where he is. You know, if he had money lying around, consider it gone. And this went on for a very long time. My mother was constantly on her knees praying. She was always worried about my brother. And then God gave my mother this word, that my brother and his family will one day worship God. From that moment on, my mother had 
perfect peace. It didn't matter what happened to my brother. Okay, my brother could go get lost. We wouldn't know where he is, but my mother would have perfect peace because she knew the outcome of his life. She knew where he was heading. So one night at three o'clock in the morning, my dad phoned my mom and told her that my brother was in a very serious accident. He drove through a wall of palisades and it just stuck in everywhere. His whole face was off. It was like face off. <laughs> and <laughs> at that point, all my mother did was, God, I thank you that he and his family will one day worship you. That promise is not yet fulfilled. So I thank you that he will live and he will not die. And my mother went back to sleep. She, was, she had a good night's sleep, in fact. She didn't roll around, worry. She knew the end result. She knew where he was going. Because there was one person that believed God, believed uh, God's promises. My brother is still alive. Today, physically, there's nothing wrong with him. Spiritually, he's still working on him. But he's, he's, he stopped using drugs. He's really on the, on the road to recovery. And um, guys, God is just amazing. Doesn't matter what happens. Hold on to his promises. Hold on to his words. Amen. John was speaking, I thought about what I shared with the kids on the high school camp. We had the privilege, Melissa and I, speaking at the high school camp this past week. And in, in the last session, I felt God remind me about something that he shared with me in December about encouragement. But a couple of things. The, when God speaks to us, like Duan says, we have the mind of Christ. You've got to test that thing. I've heard guys say that God has told me to leave my wife and children because I need to look after another wife. I can have those thoughts as much as I desire them. They will never line up with the thoughts of God. You have to test them. The story that, that I shared with the high school camp in closing was we built on an extra room to the front of our house. Now, I'm a repurposer, so it was, it was using stuff that I had. So part of it was the last screed that had to be thrown. Um, I had some uh, plaster sand and cement and stuff. So we decided we're going to do it a cement floor, like the old farmhouse porches that's got cobra red polish on there. So that, that's what we decided. The, the only thing is cement takes a couple of days to cure. You, you have to test it to see, can I, can I walk on it? First day, Jude ran across it. <laughs> Fortunately, it's still like a sloppy yogurt. <laughs> so it does level out by itself, but you have to smooth it over again and put water on it, and that helps the curing process. It doesn't just, you put it down and there we go, you have a surface. You have to test the things that you think against the word of God and with godly counsel. 
By the third day, you could walk on the surface with leaving minimal damage. But it was still in the process of curing. Because it might have started to go hard, but it wasn't solid yet. So once you've tested it and you see, ah, it's still still wet. Now it's starting to get firmer. Now, okay, God, let's put some more water on it so that it solidifies in my heart. And then you pour some water on. The Holy Spirit comes and makes it alive in your heart. And people confirm it. And you have visions and dreams like the angel that appeared to Paul. And he says, yes, this is the path that you'll go. And slowly but surely, that word becomes solid foundation in your life. And then you can shake off the vipers of this world and say, no, my journey, my race is not yet done. The word in the Old Testament when they say, bring Joshua the son of Nun and let him stand in front of us so that I may speak to him and he may be encouraged. That word doesn't just mean to be strengthened, filled with confidence. It means to cure chemical process of hardening and becoming firm and becoming solid. So this morning, I am encouraging you guys to take those words, those thoughts, those dreams, those things that God has spoken about your potential and let it cure in God. Share it with someone so we can pray with you so that I can pour water on your floor so that it becomes solid. That I can bring wisdom from the word of God when I've read my proverb for the day. And I can bring that and I can pour it over your cement so that little feet do not come and ruin the surface. And once you have done that, you can shake off the vipers. But this morning, I feel like God wants to encourage some of us. Including myself in that thing. I think we need encouragement so often to run this thing. You need the errands and you need the hers around you that hold your arms up and say, don't worry, God is in it with you. Am I the only one that needs that? I'm doing it again, I'm getting excited. But, he starts this morning in prayer meeting to say that you are forgiven when you repent and he is pleased to have you in his presence. During worship, he comes and he says, just focus on my name. Now he comes and he says through Duan, do you know the words and the purposes and the specific things that God wants for your life? And now I'm challenging, t- challenging you to stand so that we together can let the Holy Spirit pour water and cure this thing in your life. If you need some encouragement this morning, if you need confirmation of words, if you need to find out what the specific thing is that God has for your life, if you've got some vipers that are attaching them to you and people that should love you sitting around saying, I'm waiting for you to fall. You should swell up and die. Don't you know those people? They're so eager to see you trip and fall on your face. If you've got those people this morning, don't you want to just for a moment stand before the one who gives you the word that is able to cure? You know, I could have taken sand and water and mixed it, and it would never have been cement. Some of us are taking sand and water, and we're saying this is a word. Unless it is spoken by the one who made you, who knows you, Confirmed by him, 
It is sand and water. It is not going to solidify. The only thing that's going to happen is the more water you pour over it, the quicker it's going to wash away. I'm asking you now, as a response, to stand if you've got something that you need prayer for. If you need to hear God's voice, if you need to feel encouragement to make the word of God solid in your life. Stand. That's you. If it's not you, it's okay. I, I don't have a, I'm not trying to put a heavy on you. I'm just saying life is too short. Life is too short to allow little feet to run across the solid foundation in your life. Life is too short to allow vipers to attach to you. We shake them off today. Now, as each and every one of you stand here, you each have a specific word from God. You have a specific purpose from God for your life. That's what Duan was speaking, speaking about. The next thing I'm going to ask you to do, take a step of faith and come to the front. Come to the front so we can pray with you. 